Shut your eyes. Can you imagine your future? Now, take a step forward. Are you ready to move in the direction of freedom, peace, and possibility? Welcome to The Way to the Top, where we will examine the process of where you are in life and where you are going. Your potential lies in the process, not at the top. Watch your life transform before, while on the way to the top. Everybody, thank you for being here today. Today's just going to be myself. Uh, my associate James Edwards is actually in California right now, uh, Universal Studios with his mom and him with his kids. So uh, have fun out there, James. But I have my guest here today, Andrea, and we actually met at the farmers market here in Park City, Utah, which was very unique because she was drawn to me, and I was drawn to her in a way where it was meant to happen, and that's why we're here today to have this conversation. You know, as we talk about the way to the top, it's not about reaching the top. The top is an illusion. You only spend very little time there, but it's the process. It's the inside work. This is where all the magic happens. And so Andrea is a spiritual teacher, and her goal is to help guide and aim those to their awakening and to become their true selves. Um, and so in a nutshell, without saying too much about her, let's just dive into this conversation and find out who Andrea is. Uh, how are you doing, Andrea? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited about it. Okay, so uh, what could you tell us about who you are? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? <laughs> um, well, I... I am a multifaceted individual, just like all of us are, and um, where I'm at currently right now in my life as a spiritual teacher and life coach is um, the biggest blessing I could have ever, my mind could never have dreamed that I would get to where I'm at right now. Um, And it's not that I'm in some place right now that is, you know, um, I guess, like you were saying at the top, right? But what is that? Where I'm at right now is exactly where I'm meant to meant to be. Uh, the people that I that I meet and that I encounter on a daily basis are exactly who I'm meant to encounter. The growth and expansion that comes to me on a daily basis, um, it's phenomenal. I a couple years ago went through a uh, spiritual awakening. And at the time that I was going through the spiritual awakening, I didn't even know really what that was. Um, I just had had a strange series of events that led me to a certain place where what happened, I believe now, was a kundalini awakening. Um, I had this intense physical experience on June 25th of 2019. And at the time... I knew it was profound, and I knew that it was different. Um, I'll explain a little bit about what that felt like. Um, I was having a conversation with a person in my life who I now know to be a catalyst. Um, they, I worked with them at the time. I was going through a very difficult period of time in my life. I was facing a divorce and major massive changes and was 
terrified. I didn't know how I was going to make it all happen. And I just, I, I didn't even know what direction I was going in. I was just literally every day getting up and just taking one step forward and, and then letting it happen. Well, I ended up um, meeting a friend who, over a period of a few months, really taught me a lot about life. Um, kind of became in this dark place that I... I don't think I really even realized that I had been in for a very, very long time. Became kind of an, they became kind of a, an oasis for me, um, an escape, you know. So every day I was looking forward to getting up and going to work and having this friend that I could talk to about different things. Well, it ended up coming to, I guess, kind of that, that climactic moment where we ended up having a, a discussion one day. And I won't go into detail about all of the things that we discussed, but during the discussion, I had this metaphysical experience where I felt like a rush of energy or like a heat that came up through my spine and released out into my brain. It almost felt like a liquid. Um, and then after that, I felt it just dispersed throughout my entire body. I felt like I was vibrating. I felt like I couldn't talk. Um, it was just this intense vibrational heat that I was feeling. And it lasted for a couple of hours. Um, I, right after the conversation, I went into the bathroom at work and I'm like, what is happening to me? You know, I kind of hunched over and, you know, my fingertips were vibrating. My lips were vibrating. I'm, I, I didn't know what this was. Um, well, after that, over the next few weeks, I ended up going into a dark night of the soul. Um, I suffered, you know, some loss, and that triggered this experience of the dark night of the soul. Um, and again, I didn't know what that was at the time. I just was smacked out in the middle of a depression that is unexplainable. I had experienced depression at different points in time in my life, um, environmental, you know, like, um, environmentally induced depression, but this was something very different than what I had ever experienced before. Um, I, I couldn't shut it off. There was nothing that I could do to make it stop. Um, every single moment actually felt like an eternity and, um, it was the hardest time I've ever been through in my entire life, but in hindsight, now I look back on it and I know that it was actually the biggest blessing that I have ever experienced in my entire life. So this basically started and set forth a series of events where I started to see an aspect or a dimension of the world that was unknown to me before. Um, and it was revealed over a series of time through very synchronistic events that took place. And I would lay under the stars and just beg God for help because I was so lost. The, the crying that I would go through, the sounds that my body would make when I was in this deep, you know, devastating pain, um... I didn't even realize that my body could make sounds like that. Um, so over a period of time with these synchronicities, it was like revelations were starting to come to me. And I started to realize that I am so much more 
than I had ever thought that I was. Life is so much more than my mind had ever been able to comprehend. Um, and that's really actually what was ended, what was happening is that I was transcending the mind into the truth of who we actually all really are. Um, most of us go through life thinking that we are mere mortals, right? That we're just humans, that we have a mind and that we are our thoughts, that we're an accumulation of all of our experiences. Um, but we are actually so much more than that. We are an energetic force that is in tune and connected to everything. We are not subject to our own mortality. We're not subject to the material world around us. We actually, when we know and understand that, which is a process to be able to really come to that understanding, which I'm still going through right now, and that I'll never get, there's no plateau, right? You never get to some place where you're just finally there and you've arrived. That expansion and that ascension is going to be continuous and eternal, which I now know I am. Um, so through knowing that, it gave me an ability to be able to really see how priceless the moment that we are in right now always is. It's our moment of creation. And we are the creators of our life. We are the creators of our world. And when we know that and we take full responsibility for that, we can become anything that we want to be. Maybe we could dive into more. You talked about this awakening, right? what this awakening is and maybe you could describe it a little further i remember my awakening took place in october of 2017 and i remember as i was contemplating taking my life laying in bed motionless and the question that was given to me do you want to live or do you want to die and me making a decision for the first time for myself i said i want to live and literally the light switch came on. It felt like something turned on inside of me and I felt alive. I felt my heart for the first time. Yes. I felt my, my eyes changed. I saw things different and I still see things different. The outside world I realized doesn't exist, but it was the world is inside of me. And this sounds very cliche, very Hollywood ish type when you kind of explain it because it's an experience, it right? It's so profound that it, changes your life on a level that you can't even fully explain it feels very surreal and moving forward i begin to understand what's inside of me that awakening that that i woke up wherever you want to call it yeah i found myself i've been looking for something my entire life and it was myself that i found i was looking for something i couldn't find andrea yeah. because it was myself i was looking for Exactly. Right. You know, the things we talk about here on the way to the top is to bring people back to themselves, have real conversations with real people about real stuff, the stuff that nobody wants to talk about, even in their own homes, because they don't feel safe. It's true. So this awakening, maybe you could dive into what this awakening has been for you um, and what that is a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's been so many different things, but it completely transformed my life. I, I say oftentimes to my students that if the two year ago myself could talk to who I am today, I don't think that that person would understand a word that's coming out of my mouth right now. The growth and the expansion, it's, it's like a quickening, right? Like I, I've learned things at a pace that 
I didn't think I could. I stopped having an interest in, and it's not like this is a bad thing, right? Like I stopped having an interest in, you know, TV. And I think what it was is that I was taking control of my own orbit and I wasn't being pulled into the orbit of other people's creation anymore. I was starting to realize and recognize, but it was that I had, like you did, not in the exact same way, but on an internal level, I had said yes to the creator. I had said, yes, I do want to live. I want my, what I kept saying is, please lift the veil, light my path and show me the way because I felt so lost and I needed that direction. And really what was actually happening was that, um, I was asking for that pearl within that the truth of who I am to come out. I didn't know what, what it was. I didn't know the language that was revealed to me over a period of time. Um, but that which I was seeking outside of myself was always within me. I was never not a master. I was only not a master because I believed myself not to be a master. I was only not enlightened because I didn't realize that I was an enlightened being. We all are. It's our perceptions and our you know, belief in those perceptions that prevent us from recognizing the truth of who we are. And, you know, it makes sense. You, you know, you're born into this world, you come out as a baby, you're told by the world, you know, this is what you are. This is your name. You go to school. This is what's right and what's wrong. This is how you're supposed to function in society. No, don't do that. Yes, do this. We are given an identity as we are, you know, growing up in this world. And we don't have, we're not taught that we are enlightened spiritual beings. We're not taught that. So we don't even consider it. It's not something that's within our realm of understanding. So we just continue to keep seeking outside of ourselves. We want to get this kind of job or we want to get this kind of car. We want to get this type of acknowledgement or degree. And none of those things are bad. There's nothing wrong with doing any of that. That's actually all part of the play of duality, which is really, really fun, right? But when we don't understand our relationship to matter and we don't understand our ability to be able to choose this or that, that we are not this or that, but we get to choose this or that, then life kind of just seems aimless. We're just going through the motions. We, we, we're acting upon, you know, stored programming, um, stored reactions, you know, within our mind and within our body. Our body even stores reactions, you know. You don't have to get up and walk across the room and think about every single step that you're going to take. It just happens. You can be doing those things in the background and you don't even realize it. Well, it's the same thing with our perceptions of relationships, with our jobs. You know, we have a lot of ideas and feelings of lack in ourselves um, that actually prevent us from being able to manifest the realities that we actually want. Like we don't realize that we have infinite possibilities at our fingertips. All we have to do is just know and believe that we have that and that there's nothing that can stop us from being able to attain that. And so this spiritual awakening process brought me into alignment with that. 
And I don't feel that it was my own doing. I feel that the only doing that I may have, if you could call it a doing, was just saying yes, making that choice to pay attention to those synchronicities, to see the meaning in them, to observe them, to stop judging myself and to stop judging others, to recognize the love that I actually am. And in being able to recognize that I am love and to be able to see around my own ego, it's given me the ability to see around other people's egos to the truth and the light of who they are. So I don't get hung up on my own programming and I don't get hung up on the programming of others either. You know, I think it's beautiful how you said manifesting your own reality, right? And it's not so much the doing, but it's the becoming. We spend so much time out there helping everybody, doing things for everybody, making money, doing, 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 that we do nothing for ourselves. We spend very finite amount of time on ourselves when we're the answer to it all. I remember giving a speech a couple weeks ago, and it was uh, a bunch of political people. And I remember the back end of my speech as I begin to understand that it's not so much how much that I'm talking, but how can I make this message effective? And kind of throwing a profound, thought-provoking question out there is, what is freedom if we don't know how to use it? Yeah. We have this freedom that's free, but we don't exercise it. Like we're waiting, like for myself, I was waiting for someone to give me permission to become and have the life that I wanted to. Yeah. And this manifestation we're talking about, this demonstration that takes place is, is within inside of us mm-hmm. um, that I had been afraid of myself my entire life. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't see me talking on the radio here, but something's driving me to show people that there's a different way to live. Right. So for me, what that looked like is I'd be transparent because this is me setting myself free. Homelessness, failed marriage, my, my uh, finances were in ruin. I hated my job, hated myself at the end of the day. Almost went to prison, drugs and alcohol. Like it goes on and on and on. My parents divorced. It started back from my earliest memories, the story that I began to tell myself. And this was the reality that I was creating. This was the interpretation of the world around me that I was seeing as everything's bad. But then when I began to realize upon this awakening back in October 2017, that there's nothing bad inside of me. And so I had to stop calling things good and bad because there's limits on those things if I say good and bad. Rather, let me try using a different interpretation and say maybe there's winning and learning. Yeah, there's power in our words, Mm -hmm. what we choose to say. Words manifest. It's not the only thing that causes manifestation. What you hold in your heart is the biggest component of that, I believe, Um, because you can speak affirmations all the time. You can have vision boards. You can run on this hamster wheel trying to create something. But if you don't believe in your heart that you can actually achieve and create it, it will probably never manifest because there's this element of disbelief that you can't do it. And so many of us have that. I mean, we all have this voice in our head, this naysayer, this negative inner critic that tells us that we're not smart enough, that we're not handsome or pretty enough, that we're never going to be able to do that. And then anytime that someone says something to us that validates that inner critic, it's, it just reinforces that. And really like, you know, it becomes part of our programming. And oftentimes the, 
the programming that we have that prevents us from really being able to manifest what we, what we want really like lies beneath the surface just like we don't have to walk across the room and think about each step like I said sometimes this subconscious belief that we can't do this or that we can't do that is laying there secretively underneath the surface we don't even realize that it's there you know um so one of the things that I learned through this spiritual awakening process is presence. Presence and mindfulness are really the keys to the kingdom of the universe. Um, when you can become the witness, the observer to the mind and the body and recognize that the mind and the body are just a tool, they aren't actually who you are. They are real. They are a manifestation of the soul, but they are not the soul itself. They are there for us to use as a tool to master over, to, you know, interact with each other. Um, but they are not who we are. And if we stay present and mindful and watch the thoughts, observe them, allow them to be there without judgment, um, then we can see our programming. And when we can see our own programming for what it is without judgment, without guilt, without shame, then we can turn away from it and we can create something new. It gets into the whole realm of duality. The mind is a left and right hemisphere, right? It's a brain. It's got the left and the right. It's got both energies of the positive and the negative flow of life, the yin and the yang. And it's able to see things from two different perspectives all the time. It's two sides of the same coin. It just depends on which side of the coin we're looking at is how we perceive reality to be in the moment. But there's always an alternative perspective. There's always some other way that we can view a situation. And if we believe that the mind, when it says, oh, this is bad, then we're going to get the experience of bad. If we believe in our mind that something is good, then we're going to get the experience of uh, that something is good. It's as simple as that. The object itself that we're projecting these perceptions onto, whether it be a person, a place, a thing, an event, any of those things, they're not good or bad. There's really no such thing as that. There is, but there isn't. It's a paradox, right? So you, you look at that and you realize that you can always transmute and alchemize something to the opposite side of the coin. You can make sure that you learn what you're supposed to learn from that situation and change that pattern, that belief. You, just because the thought is there doesn't mean you have to believe it. You know, we're going to get ready to come to a break, but, you know, I want to dive into the meat and potatoes of this conversation when we get back. Let's go, as we're going through your bio, I remember seeing, finding and seeking this aim, this target. And where is this target um, that we're seeking? I, I believe we're all seeking the same thing. We're all looking for the same thing. As you begin to connect the dots, uh, and I believe the dots are people. I used to thought it was things and it was doing but as I begin to step back and you're talking about this observing, I begin to realize people have the things I want. They're the ones connecting the dots. Yeah. And what does that look like as we begin to observe and see these dots connecting themselves to the very things that we want and why these relationships are so important? And you look at the word universe, right? One song. 
we're all going after the same thing. We just don't know it. So join us back with Andrea. Um, we're going to dive deep into this conversation and find out what's inside of her and what's inside of me. We'll see you guys here in a bit. process isn't a choice we will be waiting for you at the path on the way to the top thank you for joining us today shut your eyes can you imagine your future now take a step forward are you ready to move in the direction of freedom peace and possibility welcome to the way to the top where we will examine the process of where you are in life and where you are going your potential lies in the process not at the top watch your life transform before while on the way to the top Hey everybody, thank you for joining us back for this second segment with Andrea. And as we had left that first part, we were talking about this aim and target. Now I know as I came out of my experience four years ago, um, as I think about it, I've only been alive for four years. And I recall being really upset with myself. <clears throat> had all these emotions that were just moving through me because why did it take so long? Why did I have to go through so many things for me to be where I'm at right now. But then this overwhelming joy came over that at least I'm not living that way anymore. I, I'm not sleeping anymore. Well, it's part of our development. In order to know who we are, we first have to know who we are not. We fell into the sine wave. Some people will even call it sin, right? Um, but what that is, is it's this oscillation of energy, right? We possess both what energies within us, the caduceus with the two snakes that are winding up the staff and they come to the top of, of enlightenment is just a symbol of the chakra system that you have within you. It's the as within, so without, as above, so below concept, um, that I, well, philosophy that I love so much. Um, I believe in it. It's the microcosm and the macrocosm. We are a representation, like a fractal of source. And and when you talk about all of us having this same essential goal, right? Even if we don't know that we do, we do, right? Our journeys, our paths are so unique and intricate, just like our fingerprints are. They're special, and that's what makes us special. The universe doesn't make mistakes. We were created by the creator to be creators, exactly as we are. Um, but it's this... I've heard it before re referenced in different ways. The tarot talks about the fool's journey and it's got all these different cards that you go through, which are steps and stages, not necessarily in any particular order that we all go through um, in order to achieve enlightenment, um, which is really just a remembrance of who and what we always were. So in order for us to know ourselves, we had to forget, kind of go to sleep for a while. So everything that appeared to be working against us was actually working for us in our favor um, but I've also heard it re referenced as the hero's journey you know we're all on the hero's journey we're all the hero of our own 
experience. We are an, a universe within a universe, right? And we are a creator of our own, cre- we're the creation and the creator simultaneously. It's, it's beautiful. And in the Bible, too, the, the stories in the Bible, when taken literally, oftentimes don't make sense to us, which is why we have so many people disagreeing on religions and, you know, politics and going to war over this idea or that idea. When in actuality, it was just meant to be an allegorical translation of the hero's journey, that inner journey that we're all going through within to reach Christhood, right? Jesus was a man. He walked he, the 40 days and 40 nights, right, in the wilderness. Most of us, typically, it's not always the case. So I deal with people that have gone through awakenings all over the world from all different races, all different backgrounds, religion, you know, different cultures and societies, and a lot of them different ages. But most of them typically go through an awakening process in their 40-year decade within that period of time. It's pretty common. It can happen earlier and it can happen later. But for most of us, it is in that. And that was that rep- that was what that represented. Christ, now, some people could start to say that what I'm saying is blasphemous. But this is what I was shown when I really went in and I said, finding the truth is more important to me than being accepted in this world or fitting into what I've been told is right and what's wrong. God, show me the truth. Not religion, not other people's opinions, not Google. God, please show me the truth. And when I did that, over a period of time, through many different synchronicities, I have realized that even Christ's death on the cross was a representation to us to show us what we possess within. He even said, ye are gods. He said, I am and my, fa- I am my, I and my father are one. And when he died on the cross, it was, I guess, symbolic of us dying to the original old false identity, mortal, worldly beast system, right? Like some people call it that, you know, um, identity of what we thought we were, what the world told us we were. And being resurrected into the spirit, the truth of who we are, that part of us which is connected to source, which is connected to God, which is connected to all things, which connects us to each other. Through our mortal eyes, we think we're separate, but we're actually not separate. There's nothing separating us. Which part of the ocean creates the ocean? When we stand at the beach and we're looking out at the ocean and we see the vast, you know, beautiful ocean in front of us, we label it and we say, oh, that's the ocean. And then we turn around and we walk away and we don't think about it. But which part of that ocean makes it the ocean? Is it the fish? Is it the coral? Is it the billions of parts of water that are all connected, that they are all swimming around in? You know, is it the plankton, the whales? Like, which part of that actually makes the ocean? It's trillions upon trillions of of different things coming together to create the whole and it all just depends on which part you're zooming in and looking at so the mind wants to label everything but there is no such thing as separation the fish are not separated from each other they're connected through the water that they're swimming in science on a quantum level is starting to see and prove that you know with the 
with the field, you know, you, you hear people like Greg Braden talking about the field, um, quantum entanglement, how one particle can be on one side of the universe and another one on the other. And when a change is made to one, it automatically happens. There's no time that it has to go through in order to communicate with this other particle that's, you know, so far away that there's just, how, how could they both transform simultaneously? It's because there is no such thing as time or separation. That is something that the mind has a very, very difficult time understanding, but that's because it's not mind stuff. It's soul stuff. Mm -hmm. It's bigger than that. Let's stay right here in this conversation right now for a minute. So you're talking about the ocean, and there's this quote that always comes to my mind when I think about it. Um, Rising tides floats all boats. And the tide and how that works. But that's just something that was a a squirrel moment for a minute. But you started talking about sin. Have you ever played darts before? Yeah. So in darts, sin is miss the mark. Ah. And you talk about this moment of the 40 years wandering in the desert. My moment happened three, four months before my 40th birthday, right? Here I've been spending my whole life wandering, searching for something that was already there. Yeah. Searching and suffering. We talk about the word suffering. Passion is behind suffering. Mm Mm-hmm. I had to suffer. I had to literally almost, I had to die to myself to learn how to live. And it's hard to explain this, but to be alive, to really be alive, you get to the end of your life knowing you left nothing on the table. You had the full human experience. You have no fingers to point. You lived your life, your life. You weren't afraid of yourself. Yeah. I was afraid to face myself my whole life. Same here. The pain. Your pain does set you free. Now, these are things that we talk about. We talk about free will. These things are Mm non-negotiable. That now I will never punish myself. I will never diminish myself. I will never do anything that takes me away from my goal, that aim, that target. Self-mastery is non-negotiable. We're the target. Yeah. We're the answer to all of the things we're looking for. If you leave yourself out of the equation, nothing's possible. You know, uh, as you're talking about this doing, and I had to realize in my own life, what I've accomplished in this last four years is because of who I'm becoming. It's the becoming first. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Yeah. And that question of who am I turned into what am I? Can there be in who? Because that who is an identity. Yeah. And I had to change the That's question. Right. And so you talked about, when I read your bio also, you talked about this true self. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by the true self? Well, it's difficult to explain with words because when I first started going through my awakening, I had a lot of teachers and mentors brought into my world, some of them in the physical, but most of them were through psychologists or spiritual teachers that I found that were gracious enough to put their information out there for free for anyone who's willing to listen. Um, And so I became obsessed in a sense with finding knowledge, you know, wanting to understand this and understand that my mind had a lot of questions. And so I was seeking, 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 but it was through the seeking that certain seeds were planted within me that the universe or God was able to 
caused to grow. And so it became an experience that, um, and I apologize because say your, say your question again. I started to go into (laughs) this, um, the true self. Yes. Okay. Yes. The true self. What it ended up showing me is that, and, and when I would first hear these concepts, I, would do what a lot of my students do. I see my students do this all the time. Well, how do you, how do you, you know, observe yourself? How do you, how do you know what the true self is? What is your soul? You know, when we are identified with the mind and the body as the physical mortal self, we talk about our soul as if it's something outside of us, someplace, somewhere watching us. And, what it actually is is a shift, sort of like a zo- like a lens that's like zoomed in on something, and then it zooms out and it sees this higher, like broader perspective. It was this coming into this experience or this recognition, this aha moment where I was like, oh, I get it now. Like I am the soul. I am a soul. I'm here as a soul having a human experience, witnessing a human experience through this mind and this mortal body that I call Andrea. Um, But I'm not that. And when I thought that I was, I thought I was, you know, dumb. There was periods of time in my life where I thought I was not intelligent um, or that I wasn't, you know, good enough or smart enough, that I couldn't achieve this or I couldn't achieve that. I had so many limiting beliefs that I had taken upon myself and were controlling me. So when I say the true self, it's a self-realization. There's, it's the unidentifiable aspect of yourself, right? It's not who, it's not who you are. It's what you are. It's the ever present moment right now. It's the consciousness that's witnessing all the material, the kaleidoscope of material world around you. The eye of the storm, so to speak, right? Material world and what we what we call life isn't actually life. It's just matter that's like a it's like spinning around us. And we, the truth of who we are, is that peaceful, silent, ever present observer of all of that that's happening. Even our own mind, like our own thoughts, in a sense, are external to who we actually are. What we are is consciousness, that quiet, still voice, right? That's not even a voice. It's just, we just are. It's the great I am, right? You said this recognition, and it takes me back to words because I found myself, I've always been attracted to words even when I was young, eight years old in my journals and my books. The bag I showed you earlier, right, with my 10 journals in it and my books, that bag goes with me everywhere. It's my tool bag. Yeah. It helps me throughout my day. But you said recognition mm-hmm. means to know again. Yes. And as I apply it into my own life is to know myself again. Yeah. And this realization, this revealed truth. So what has been revealed for you personally? What is this revealed truth with who you thought you were? who you know you are and where you're going. What does that look like for you now that you understand that you're the creator of your own world, that these faculties that we have inside of us, that we're not these weak creatures, right? We're the highest form of life here. 
and we get to choose of this interpretation of what the world looks like while we're here. What does that look like for you personally? Well, I think that that's changing. Um, at different times, like it, it's hard to identify because really what it actually is, is it's an allowance. It's that I've let the mind get out of the way so that I, the soul can just manifest and enjoy the creation as it happens. You talk about words, right? The present moment presence being the key to the kingdom of the universe. Like I said earlier, the word presence is present. We're in the present. It's a present. It's a gift to us. It's the eternal now moment that we're constantly in. You can't not be present if you're watching future thinking of the mind or you're in a memory of the past. You are still the presence that's watching the thoughts of future and past thinking. You're not the future and you're not the past. The present moment is what you are. The consciousness of that, it's a constant, eternal, now moment that we are all in and experiencing. And so when, when I was going through this process, it was sort of like looking for my glasses that were on my head the entire time. I'm searching, searching, searching everywhere, trying to figure out like what this is and what's going on and why this is happening. And suddenly it was like, there they are. They're right there on my head. You know, it was that, that remembrance of who you really are, but it was an experience. It's not, it's not something that anyone can be led to, right? At least not by you or I, right? We may have, you know, mentors and teachers that, like I said, plant those little seeds in us along the way. But it's an experience that you come to in life. And um, so, yeah, so for me, what that looks like now is I work um, as a spiritual teacher and life coach with people all over the world for a company called New World All Star. And the people that we work with are people who've got, who've come to a spiritual awakening through a specific kind of experience through meeting a twin flame. And there's a lot of misinformation out there because people think that this is a romantic relationship, but it's actually not. It's a moment of meeting yourself and it ignites something within you that causes you to go through a spiritual awakening. It's a gift and it it's crazy and it's painful and it makes you feel like you're losing your mind but i always say the greatest thing that ever happened to me was the day that i lost my mind <laughs> you know as we were talking before this uh, before the broadcast and we we're talking about this twin flame and i remember saying to you uh, it's like like meaning your first love but that first love is yourself mm-hmm. yeah and i recall there was at least one moment where i was aware of it when I was a child of of meeting myself and I got lost in it. And it was the moment where we were lived in Colorado and I remember being in my bedroom and it's now as I think about it, right? Like to have to be remembering, I remember my parents being in the front room. My dad was on the couch uh, watching TV. My mom was in the kitchen because she was a baby crocker. Brother and sister were doing their things. I didn't really care what they were doing, but I remember being in my room with my door cracked and there I was with my journals and my books reading and writing and I was lost in myself yeah and so that was the first memory of it the second memory was in my moment of suicide wow it took 
that span of time for me to recognize, to know myself again, because I was stuck in the outside. I thought this is where I lived. Yeah. But I had to bring myself home. It took just, my life was messy just enough to where it brought me back home to myself. Yeah. And I walked through that door, right? I walked back inside myself and found myself and began to live for the first time. And so my true age is actually four. I'm four years old because I've only been living for four years. Well, I'm younger than you. I'm two. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I call it a return to innocence because I I experienced something similar when when we're young before we have really developed an ego. Right. Um, we are living in a constant state of presence. You know, you see children and there's this beautiful innocence in their eyes. They're just consciousness. They're excited. They're happy. They're go with the flow. They, you know, they, they allow the, they allow the world to just develop around them and they come at it from this perspective of curiosity all the time. They're not labeling things, but once they get to that stage where they start going, well, what's this and why does that work? And how does this happen? All of a sudden, something within them changes. That's usually when they start to stop believing in Santa and things like that. You know, it's around seven or eight years old. Um, And then the world kicks in and we go through this process of what some people would call being asleep. And so when we wake up, right, when we go through this, it's it's not that people that have gone through an awakening everyone has the same equal value. No one is more important or less important than anybody else. People that have gone through an awakening are only aware of the true self. They've only had self-realization. People who haven't yet are still just as much a part and just as important a part of the process of life. And source God still works through them just as miraculously as you know, it does through us right now. It's just that our minds and our bodies have come into alignment with the truth of who we are. And for people that still haven't gone through that process yet, maybe they're in their you know 20s or 30s, um, they're just going through this other you know phase of life where it's teaching them who they are not. But the miracles of you know source and consciousness still work through them. They still are. Uh, there's there's still an enlightened soul you know so um i feel i always feel that it's important to say that because i think sometimes within the spiritual community you get a lot of people who are like oh well i'm i'm awake and everybody else is asleep and i feel that that's so that's so wrong to me that's one of the most asleep things that you could ever possibly say because when you know who you are you see the truth of who everyone is there's no judgment anymore there's no you know I'm better than you or I have more money than you or I'm more accomplished than you you see the value in everyone and you know that what they're here to do regardless of whether it's to be someone who's homeless or someone who's living in a mansion their contribution to this play of life is just as valuable. Some of the people that I've learned the most from are the people who've led the most, what you could call tragic lives. You know, what the soul chooses to experience here, whether it be what we call tragedy or not, is all part of that process. And and it's so important and so needed. So before we could tell everybody 
how to get a hold of you, yes. what you're doing. I remember after my first experience waking up and realizing that waking up was the prize. Yeah. And the beginning of a new day starts, she starts at 12 a.m. So it actually starts in the dark That's before great. it actually starts in the light. How can people reach you, Andrea? Um, you can go to uh, newworldallstar.com and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of information on the website there. You can also go to New World All Star on YouTube and, um, you know, find a whole lot of videos from my teacher, mentor and boss, uh, Kurt Johnson. He's incredible. He's got a lot of, of uh, information that uh, you might find beneficial through his YouTube videos. In one phrase, what would you like to leave with the listeners? To know that regardless of where you're at in life right now, you are a miracle. You are incredible. You are valuable. You are so important. You are here with a purpose and with a reason. You are love and you are the experience of the love that you create within you. So never doubt yourself. Always know that you can, well, you already are all that you wish to achieve. Thank you for being on here, Andrea. And you guys have to check her out. Uh, I only met her a few weeks ago, but I've known her for, it feels like a lifetime. Thank you for joining us on the way to the top where we have real conversations with real people. Thank you guys. The process isn't a choice. We will be waiting for you at the path on the way to the top. Thank you for joining us today.